You're listening to episode 25 of the Fat Fueled Female Podcast. Welcome to the Fat Fueled Female Podcast. I'm your host, Marsha Chow, a holistic nutritionist, personal trainer, and proud dog mama of two. I am obsessed with helping women achieve their goals, feel confident in their skin, and become empowered health advocates. This podcast is designed to help ambitious women thrive on a low-carb, high-fat lifestyle, so tune in each week as we talk all aspects of nutrition, improving your fitness, enhancing your mindset so that you can take inspired action and live your best life, all starting from the inside out. I'm so happy to have you here. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Fat Fueled Female Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today. And in this episode, I am going to go over or reveal the top five mistakes I made when I began my fat-fueled ketogenic journey back in 2016. And the reason why I'm sharing these mistakes is dependent on where you are on your journey, let's prevent you from making the same mistakes I made and the same mistakes that so many people make. Now, when I say the word keto, everyone has their own opinion or idea that comes to their mind, right? Since it's become so mainstream since 2015, 2016. But what I want to offer you is don't get wrapped up in all these, you know, rigid rules you read about keto and think there's only one way to do it. Because when you go into anything like that, It becomes really diet culture, diet mentality, and if you're doing something that's quote-unquote, you're not following what you're supposed to be doing, then you're doing it wrong and you're not going to get results. And that's not a way to live or feel our best operating from that mentality, okay? So mistake number one, I thought, or I did, eating really low carbs for six months exactly 25 grams of carbs a day. Now, I thought the lower the carb, the better. And on a weird subconscious level, it was like the lower the carb I consumed, I thought the more successful I would be. Like I would be getting this gold badge for being keto, for doing keto better than I don't know who I was even comparing myself to. It's almost like I thought the lower the carbs, the better in the same in the same kind of category as like the lower the calories, the better, right? Like we just get programmed into thinking that the less food we eat, the more results we're going to get, the faster results we're going to get. Now, to be fair, you have to reduce the amount of carbs for a period of time, right? If your diet is loaded with carbs, like most people's are, I would say 90 to 95%, then that's the primary fuel source your body will run off. That's just how the human body is designed. If you're eating carbs, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, Yes, your body is going to run off glucose. So you have to strategically lower the amount of carbs you are eating for a period of time to activate the secondary metabolic pathway to activate the fat burning system. So I ate 25 grams of carbs for six months because I went into it thinking, well, these are the rules. This is what I have to follow. And this is what is going to get me results. Now, Most people, again, there's exceptions to every rule, but most people, you know, 40, 45, 50 grams a day will keep you in ketosis. You don't have to go, you know, 25 grams unless 
you are doing inventory on yourself. You're like, I feel really great at 25 grams, right? And remember, the only constant thing in life is change. So maybe you start your fat fuel journey and you're eating 40, 45 grams for a couple months and then you like start trying to eat a bit more. You're like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of wanting to do some refeed days. I'm going to up my carbs to like 50, 60, whatever it is, right? So the key point here is, Don't get caught up in thinking you have to be really low carb to hit your goals, to hit your weight loss goals, your fat loss goals, or whatever it is. What I always like to ask people is, has there been people that have lost weight and kept it off eating higher amount of carbs? Absolutely. There are people that don't even follow a ketogenic diet or I hate using the word diet, ketogenic lifestyle or fat-fueled lifestyle and are able to maintain their weight loss, right? The difference with being fat-fueled is yes, you get, you know, you lose what you can lose weight, right? You can but the difference is it's not just the physical, it's the cognitive, it's the energy, it's the balancing of the hormones. It's like a whole 360 degree aspect of when it comes to health opposed to someone, you know, who eats more carbs and someone who's eating a fat fuel journey, but maybe they may get the results but it's like how are you feeling and that really is the big difference by running off of ketones running off of fat and really training your body to run off two fuel sources glucose and carbohydrates so after four to six weeks so it takes about four to six weeks for you to be fat adapted for that metabolic pathway to be activated you can experiment with adding and cycling carbs back in. That's how I coach my clients. That's how I teach my clients how to do it. It's like, let's see how good it feels to be running off of ketones, to be burning fat for fuel. And then after, you know, four to six weeks, depending on how you're feeling, and this is going to be so specific to you, let's try cycling carbs in once a week. Some of my clients, again, everyone is so different. They get to that, you know, four, five, six week mark. It's usually around the five or six week mark when I work with women. And they're like, I just don't feel like I want to cycle carbs in yet. And then some women are like, yeah, I'm ready for a carb refeed, right? So again, you have to look at going into your fat fuel journey as something that is going to be so specific and so beautiful and such a great experiment with yourself. Don't get caught up with all these rigid rules and parameters. Listen to your body, become more connected with your body. And that is exactly what will happen when you train your body to run off of fat. Okay, moving on to mistake number two, fasting right away. Okay, so ketosis and fasting, all of it kind of goes hand in hand. So when I started, I was like, well, I am doing keto and I'm going to start fasting right away. And it's like, let's just focus on one lifestyle change at a time. So why fasting and going into ketosis actually works so beautifully together is when you train that secondary metabolic pathway, you're able to tap into using your stored body fat as energy and you have limitless amounts of adipose tissue, aka fat, that you can utilize for energy. Depending on your size, anywhere from 50,000 to 100,000 calories at your disposal. Whereas when you are a sugar burner, again, someone eating carbs predominantly all of their meals, 
you only have about 1500 to 2000 calories of the storage form of carbohydrates known as glycogen. Most of it is stored in the liver. Some of it is stored in the muscles. So Say you were just someone who is a sugar burner and you're used to eating every like two hours, every three hours. You're used to constantly snacking. You know, fasting is going to be a lot harder because you're going to be eating all the time, right? I know when I was a sugar burner, I would eat three meals and three snacks a day. I was like constantly eating. So when you are fat adapted, yes, it is so much easier because you can go longer periods of time because your blood sugar is balanced, your hunger hormones are balanced, life just gets easier. So I started fasting right off the go. I'm like, okay, I'm doing keto. I'm going to do eight hours of feeding, like a traditional um, intermittent, traditional IG, um, traditional IF, intermittent fasting, eight hours of feeding, 16 hours of fasting. And I would not recommend doing that. I would say, again, just focus on one thing at a time. Focus on reducing the carbs how I work with women is we do one week, which is like referred to as week zero, where you just start eating, you know, more whole foods, more real foods, reducing the carbohydrates. Like if you're eating, you know, someone who eats carbs, you know, most meals, they can eat anywhere from 200 to 400 grams of carbs a day. And if someone's adapting into a fat fuel lifestyle, you're like, okay, you're eating 40 grams of carbs. It's like, that is such a big shock mentally, emotionally, uh, habitual behavior, all of it, right? So start off with one tangible um, or one variable at a time, right? Reduce the carbs for the first week, then the second week, reduce them. And that's how I work with women. We slowly reduce the carbs week by week, small changes that don't feel hard. And then when you get to week four, five, six, when you are fat adapted, then you can integrate a fasting protocol because it becomes very, very, very second nature and it almost feels pretty effortless. Whereas if you're making all these changes all at once and you're like, okay, wait, I can only eat till six o'clock. It's like, it's a lot more stress on you mentally. So again, small changes that don't feel hard. And if you're going into week four, five, six, and you're like, oh, you know, I'm still feeling hungry at times, honor that honor those signals from your body and if you're trying to do eight hours and you're like oh I'm still kind of hungry at that time listen to your body make it a nine hour make it a 10 hour make it a 12 hour window of eating right just be more connected honor those signals from your body and eat when you're hungry and when and stop when you are not and that is the beauty of being fat adapted you really become so much more connected with your body All right, moving on to mistake number three. I highly recommend, and I get my clients to do this actually, I get my clients to track their food on the app, MyFitnessPal. I always say it's really hard to improve what you can't measure or can't see. And someone could be eating the best nutrient-dense, grass-fed, grass-finished meats, like foods that don't cause inflammation, all high-quality oils, but Again, how much of what are you eating? Are you eating 500 calories a day? Are you eating 3,500 calories a day? How much protein? How much are you exercising? All of this is going to be so individualized for you and your goals. So the mistake I made was I tracked my food for six months. And for me, it was a bit too obsessive. That's not to say that tracking your food for six months may really, really, really help you. I 
usually say to my clients around the five, six, seven, maybe even eight weeks, but usually around the five or six week mark, you really don't really have to track your food anymore because you're like, okay, I understand that's how much, you know, 30 grams of chicken is in like four ounces uh, or 30 grams of protein is in four ounces of chicken. You understand like you can mathematically like calculate in your head because you've been tracking your food on an app for, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks, you kind of already know. You're like, okay, well, I'm eating 50 grams of carbs. This is kind of where I'm getting my 50 grams of carbs from. Most of us are habitual with the meals we eat. It's not like we're changing what we eat every day. It's like if you like something for lunch, say you're having meatballs, generally I will go through a phase where I'll have meatballs maybe two times a week and then I might like toss them out and add something else in, right? We usually go through cycles of having similar foods, then we might get kind of bored of it, switch it out. So you become very knowledgeable and educated about the amounts of food you're eating. Now, my problem was I tracked for six months very obsessively and like very unhealthy. Now, that's just my personal experience. If tracking for you is helping you, it's like, yeah, I'm really committed. I'm staying on track. I'm like really visualizing and it's keeping me accountable. Then do you, girl. Keep on doing what's working for you. Just check in with yourself. And for me, it became like a part-time job where I was becoming overly obsessive and it took me six months to really discover and create my unique version of keto. And for you, it may only take a couple months, right? And again, there is no like right way or wrong way to do this. Just look at your habits, look at your behaviors. And if you're like tracking is working for me, keep doing it. But if you're like, it's stressing you out, it's making you feel like you're almost having like a dieter's mentality, then stop tracking for a bit and then come back to it when you want. Okay, mistake number four, weighing myself every day, every morning. So this is because I was an ex-bodybuilder and I was told by my coach to weigh myself every day to see how my body was responding to my protocol and I would do like a weekly average weight. Now, bodybuilding is not regular life, okay? And bodybuilding is not a healthy lifestyle and that's my own personal opinion. I have lived it and that was my experience. Now, for some athletes, It's considered their lifestyle and they can go through phases of eating really, really low calories, doing double day workouts and that works for them. It doesn't affect them mentally. Like that's just their regular routine and it works for them. I'm just speaking from my experience. It didn't work for me. So weighing yourself every day, it really, what I find is, and for a lot of women, if you like the number, you are like, yes, I am crushing it. Let's keep rolling with this. And if you don't like the number, it can really affect your mood. It can be like, oh man, I'm not trying hard enough. You can have all this negative mumble jumble self-talk really explode in your mind and it can affect your day. So I would recommend weighing yourself once a week and really reframing the relationship you have with the scale. And I have an episode, episode number five, if you want to go back and listen to that. It's called Stop Giving All Your Power Away to the Scale if you want more context on this mistake. And also episode number eight, which is called Should You Track Your Food with additional information as well. 
So I will link those in the show notes so they're easy for you to find if you want to listen to those past episodes. And moving on to the last mistake, mistake number five, thinking I had to be perfect with my nutrition. And this kind of goes back into mistake number one sort of because, you know, I thought I had to have like really, really low carbs or else I wasn't wasn't going to get the results I desired. And what I like to question or what I like to ask people is, when is anything ever perfect? Life is life. There's ups, there's downs, there are lessons and experiences, pain, happiness. Life is never linear. There's always, you could take five steps forward, two steps back, but as long as you're taking those steps forward, you're still growing, you're still expanding, you're still learning, you're still stepping into that beautiful version of yourself. So when you think you have to be quote unquote perfect, it sets you up for failure because it's really having, it's incorporating that dieter's mindset because if you aim for 100% all the time, and life happens, which it does, and you don't hit that 100%, you're going to feel like shit, right? But if you give yourself wiggle room, realistic expectations, and what I always like to say is 80-20, 70-30, 90-10, 80% of the time your nutrition is on point, 20% you give yourself some wiggle room. And it's going to be, again, specific to you. I'm more of a 90-10 type of gal. I give myself that space and that grace, but I feel my best when I'm eating the best quality foods. So again, what works for you, how you feel your best, what feels like a lifestyle, and how you have really good energy, right? If you give yourself 70-30 and you're like, oh yeah, you know that 30%, I'm just not feeling that great, then maybe do 80-20 or maybe do 90-10 or maybe do 95-5. But I truly feel that if you aim for 100%, you're just setting yourself up to fail. Now, there are those people who are like really extreme and they preach like I only like maybe for example like people who follow like more of a carnivore diet. They're like, I don't cheat. I just eat this food because I feel good all the time. And First off, I really, 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 really hate, hate, and I don't hate a lot of things, but I hate using the word cheat because it's implying that you're doing something wrong or bad when you're not. You're just living your life and people say don't use food as entertainment and I believe that too, but you know, some days you may want some ice cream or some days you may want to have a pastry with a coffee and let's normalize that okay I'm not saying have that every week or every weekend I'm saying that's okay if you want to have that like I had a macaroon split a macaroon with my sister and there was a lot of sugar in that but it was gluten-free there are certain things that I won't have because I know if it's wheat and sugar I'm not gonna feel good we split it we didn't finish it all I felt a little bit hyper and then I felt a little bit tired, right? But that was good for my soul. It was spending sister time with my sister and we had a great time, right? So it's like figure out what works for you and if you have a macaroon like me or if you have ice cream, it's not the end of the world. Just get back to your regular routine the next day. And that's where I am 
on my journey, right? You may be starting your journey and you may be like, I've eaten macaroons and ice cream for so much of my life that I just want to focus on eating the best quality foods and feeling the best and being my best self. So do you. If you're like, I just want to focus on eating the best quality foods for three months, six months, do that, right? No one can make these decisions except yourself. I didn't eat my own birthday cake for over 15 years. I would get birthday cake, I'd blow out the candles, and I wouldn't eat it. So for me, having this, you know, having this relationship with food where it's okay to eat ice cream, (laughs) it's okay to have a macaroon where I wouldn't do this before, and just go back to my bulletproof coffee in the morning, my protein and my fat in the day, and if I want carbs, I'll refeed with carbs one, two, three times a week, it changes, it's never the same and that's the beautiful thing about creating a lifestyle and not following a diet and someone else's rules. You are the captain of your soul, you are the director of your ship, so I think I mixed those up after, (laughs) you are the director of your story, you are the captain of your soul or the captain of your ship, so create a lifestyle that works for you. My goal as a coach and a nutritionist is to give you strategies and tools and for you to take action and figure out what works for you, how you feel your best and where you are getting the most results and feeling the best cognitively, emotionally, physically and mentally. So those are the five mistakes I made and I hope the goal of me sharing these with you is if you're just starting or you're well on your way or wherever you are in your journey, I hope that my mistakes will prevent you from making the same. Thank you so much, guys, for hanging out with me. I truly appreciate you spending time with me. And I will catch all of you beautiful souls next week. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel you got some extra value from this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you could head over to Apple Podcast or whatever service you're listening to this podcast on, drop a five-star review. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Doing this really helps more people like yourself find the podcast. And if you're not already following me on social media, right now is the time. You can find me on Instagram at Marja Chow for all your nutrition tips, tricks, and inspiration, or visit my website at fatfueledfemale.com where you can download my free seven-day keto meal plan with recipes. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I will catch you next week.